Good morning to you. Happy Monday. How you feeling? You shaking out the cobwebs? Nearly a third of the American population indulges in watching the Super Bowl. And of course, we know the casual fans, the ones that don't show up for the football, they show up for the commercials, the halftime show, the food, the beverages. Well, we'll allow them to be part of the excitement. But you know what happens. They all get out of the pool and go home early. And it's just us left here tying a bow on the NFL season that was at another Chiefs Super Bowl win. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks so much for joining us on this Super Monday, my 11th. 11th show following a Super Bowl here on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, I am getting old. I prefer experienced, wise, even grizzled veteran, if you will. And once again, the grizzled veteran has opinions that most people don't want to hear. But, you know, logic is unpopular with upset and angry and frustrated sports fans. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Eagles fans, because I got a lot of tweets from you. So I'm looking for those of you who are willing to talk about the game. Let's go. As well as the commercials, if you want to weigh in on Rihanna and the halftime show, we've got a post up on both Twitter and Facebook. Just a simple fill in the blank. Super Bowl 57 was what? For the first time ever, I took notes about the commercials. This is what it's come down to. I haven't gone to a Super Bowl party in, I don't know, 15 to 20 years. Maybe not 20. 15 years. And now I take notes on commercials. I have got to be the most pathetic Super Bowl watcher of all time. At least I stopped doing that in the second half. (laughs) But in the first half, I was worried I would forget them, the ones that I liked, uh, because there's so much happening early on. So I took notes on the pregame and took notes on the commercials. And then at halftime, I thought, okay, I I should be good now. I I can stop taking notes on the ancillary elements. But once again, the Super Bowl, it is a... High-profile affair, of course, but it's also the most expensive program on TV every year. What the ads cost, the production value, a cast and crew of thousands. They've got the emotional moments that tug at your heartstrings. Donna Kelsey, DeMar Hamlin, the medical teams from Cincinnati and Buffalo, The Walter Payton family handing out the award. Humorous moments, of course. And in this particular case, we had a tie game with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure what more you could ask for. I could feel the tension in my gut. I actually put away Twitter. What? I did. I put away Twitter because I didn't want to be looking at my computer or looking at, I had various websites up on my laptop because I was taking notes. I put my notes down, I shut the laptop, and I just watched for five minutes like a fan. So I'd love to hear from you on Twitter, A-Law Radio, or on our Facebook page. And also, I, I put up a post with my favorite commercials. So if you want to respond there, that's cool, too. There's a few of them that you've mentioned that I missed or forgot. And so it's great to have that exchange. 855-212-4227. Let's jump into the, the moments that I believe are memorable and notable about this game. And actually, uh, it was kind of funny, Producer Jay, I was thinking of you because we had done um, 
Oh, you had asked me on our Super Bowl edition of Ask Amy Anything going back last week. It was the first of our Super 6 videos for Super Bowl week. If I'd ever cried over the outcome of a football game, and I specifically remember telling you, Doug Williams, the Washington Redskins, how uh, the, the Broncos had jumped out to a 10-0 lead in that Super Bowl only to see the Redskins led by Doug Williams, the first black quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl. They came roaring back with this enormous second quarter and raced off to a 42-10 to victory. Broncos never scored again. And there he was. Of course, with the Vince Lombardi trophy, he had his white gloves on. And and I presume it's because of his place in history as an African-American quarterback with a Super Bowl ring. This being the first Super Bowl ever to feature two black starting quarterbacks. But in my eyes, he's not history. He's Doug Williams, who broke my heart and made me cry. (laughs) I did did happen to see that. I was watching at that time, and I thought of you. I was like, oh, no. Oh, great. Bringing up all – no, I was watching it live. Bringing up all of the bad memories. But, yes, an amazing moment for – For quarterbacks, as Jalen points out, for quarterbacks who look like me, I never saw this before. So, yes, an historic moment, and Doug Williams was there with the Lombardi Trophy, as well as a Hall of Famer from the Eagles and the Chiefs on either side of them. In the first quarter, man, we were set up. Uh, Philadelphia, they were aggressive and yet controlled the ball. It is a fairly impressive feat to not only keep the ball away from your opponent, but also continue to pick up chunk plays on first down. So, They kept the ball moving on that opening drive. 11 plays, six first downs. This offense was locked in from the beginning. Jalen Hurts gets into the end zone for his very first rushing touchdown. Uh, Wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, And so we were off and running in the Super Bowl. And after the Chiefs answered with their own drive that featured Travis Kelsey, right? So they don't take nearly as much time. They're not really a ball control team or that's not – generally what they do but it was almost as though Mahomes and Kelsey were saying to the rest of the offense guys who probably had jitters who were probably nervous Juju Isaiah Kadarius Tony the other guys that would be out there on the field that maybe potentially would be feeling adrenaline spikes we got you let us take care of these first couple and then we'll settle in so yes on the very first Chiefs drive Patrick Mahomes is looking for his tight end turn wide receiver, Travis Kelsey. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder. He's got the catch. He's got the touchdown. Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as Mahomes to Kelsey, 18 yards officially and the 14th time that Patrick Mahomes has found Travis Kelsey for a postseason touchdown second in National Football League history. Do you know that's the only time that the Chiefs offense would score in the first half? Mitch Holtis on Chiefs radio. And yeah, but Travis Kelsey, he's a cheat code. And defenses don't really know what to do with him because just when you think he's going to cut one way, he can stop on a dime. That big body can stop on a dime. And in this case, he read the coverage perfectly. He knows that Mahomes will be looking for him. And so he breaks toward the corner, the right corner, and he's got Epps, uh, who's, I don't know, a foot shorter than he is. But he's already behind him because Kelsey's got speed. And Mahomes just lofts the ball and drops it uh, like he's sticking his hands in a cookie jar, just drops it right to Travis Kelsey in stride. And so, yes, Travis Kelsey with a touchdown, an 18-yarder in that first half. But that was it for the Chiefs' offense. In fact, 
late stages of the first half, they still had only possessed the ball for seven minutes. The the Eagles were dominant in this first half, if not for a drop by Jalen Hurts that bounces perfectly to Nick Bolton, who's able to take it as a fumble return for a touchdown. We're talking about a 24-7 deficit at halftime. Actually, maybe even more than that, because if Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble the ball and the Chiefs score, maybe they end up tacking on points there. They were a juggernaut in the first half. Also, Harrison Butker, he misses a field goal, which then gives the Eagles a short field, right? So everything was dovetailing into a near-perfect first half for Philadelphia. They're aggressive. Of course, they want to run the ball, but we also know that they can throw. They brought A.J. Brown in for such a time as this. First and ten, first play of the second quarter. The snap goes to Hurts. He fakes the hand up, has time, winds up, long pass, far side, caught over the shoulder, touchdown, Brown! Far side, touchdown, Eagles! A.J. Brown, 45-yard strike. You know what's really interesting? Derrick Henry was the running back. He's the feature back for the Titans, right? Their identity is clear. They run the ball first and often. And A.J. Brown was unhappy there. Didn't feel like he was getting the respect or getting the work that he wanted. He goes to the Philadelphia Eagles, where they are clearly a run-first team. Jalen Hurts had three rushing touchdowns last night, but set a new record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. The team as a whole, if you incorporate the three rushing touchdowns they had last night, they had 42 for the season between the regular season and the playoffs. That is also history for the NFL. And yet A.J. Brown, not unhappy. They were still able to go vertical. They're still able to, oh, it's my favorite phrase, Take the top off the defense. It's so sexy. A.J. Brown was still able to be incorporated into this offense along with Devontae Smith. Now, I know they would love to have the ball in every single snap, but that's not quality football. Just interesting to think about the difference because both the Titans and the Eagles are run-first teams, and yet A.J. Brown was incorporated in such a way that he was their vertical threat and that he was their number one receiver, and he got a ton of work this season and had a great year in his first Uh, One in Eagles Green. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Right after that A.J. Brown TD, you've got a three and out by the Chiefs, though they are spared by Jalen's fumble and the Nick Bolton scoop and score that ties the game at 14. But it was so weird. It's one of those... One of those moments in time, really, one of those games where the stats do not tell the whole story. The numbers, the the fact that it's tied, the Chiefs, man, they can thank their defense for keeping them in it in the first half. And we don't say that very often about the Chiefs defense, right? We're constantly highlighting the offense. So when they get the ball back, the Eagles get the ball back, Jalen is a man on a mission. I mentioned this just before the top of the hour. He doesn't even bother to work in anybody else. He's just, he's running it here, there, everywhere, and gets into the end zone for what was his second rushing TD of the first half, but his third TD overall. Um, A scary moment for the Chiefs. It could have gone from bad to worse for Kansas City 
when Patrick Mahomes gets tackled short of the first down marker. He's not really scrambling. He's just trying to extend the play like we've seen him do a million times. But TJ Edwards drags him down from behind, so catches up with him, and he he wraps him around the ankles. So as he's kind of falling on him, that high ankle sprain of Mahomes comes into play. His ankle is his foot is wrenched sideways, and when he gets up, he can't put weight on it. He's he's not only grimacing in pain, but he gets to the bench, he takes his helmet off, and he's yelling in pain. That's how bad it was. So you can imagine a lot of Chiefs fans were feeling like they're – Super Bowl could be hanging in the balance, not to mention Philadelphia marches down the field just before half and tacks on a Jake Elliott field goal. So this is the situation, 24 to 14. But some of these numbers are gaudy, and I mention them only because they're such a massive disparity. All right, so forgive me for being a nerd here, but just to tell you how dire the situation for the Chiefs and how confident the Eagles were in their halftime locker room. The Eagles possessed the ball for 14 more minutes in the first half than did the Chiefs. A plus 14 time of possession in one half? That's obscene. Sometimes the Eagles do that over the course of a game. But in one half? Not only do they have the 10-point lead, they've doubled, more than doubled the number of yards that the Chiefs had. It felt like Patrick Mahomes went an hour without touching the football. 17 first downs to just six. For the Chiefs, and get this, Kansas City 0 for 3 on third downs in the first half. And I remember thinking, I don't know what's stranger, that they were 0 for in converting third downs or that they only had three opportunities. Both of those are just strange for Kansas City. So we saw that Eagles defense really play tough and physical, but also get the ball back quickly and give it to Jalen Hurts and the offense. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, the tale of two halves. It's the proverbial tale of two halves. Yes. Coming out of that halftime locker room, I really felt like we saw the experience of the Chiefs keep them calm, keep them anchored. They recognized they had a lot more time to go. And I don't know, if you've already won a Super Bowl after trailing by 10 points in the fourth quarter, maybe this is no big thing. The Chiefs have yet to convert a third down. They're 0 for 3, and the Eagles are 3 for 3. Chiefs have an eye set, but they have got Sky Moore. They're going to hand it off to Jarek McKinnon inside. He's at the 45. He lined up at fullback and gets out to the 48-yard line, gaining 14 yards. McKinnon sneaky. There was Sky Moore was the tailback, and the fullback was Jarek McKinnon, and he gets it on a trap play for 14 yards and a Chiefs first down. They hand it off. Left guard. Goes touchdown, Kansas City. Isaiah Pacheco blasting in behind the block of Joe Tooney, the left guard, and the Chiefs get a badly needed touchdown drive on this first drive of the third quarter at 9.30 to go, third quarter. Once again, Mitch Holtis on Chiefs radio. So he has a 75-yard drive, seemed to help the Chiefs not only settle in and and feel like they were almost back to even despite a poor first half, uh, but also you saw that rhythm there with Patrick Mahomes and a 14-yard scramble in the red zone before Isaiah Pacheco's one-yard touchdown run. By the way, he was gritty with his runs. He was seeking contact, not, a, not afraid of it, just went right into the teeth of the Eagles' defense, which really created some opportunities and created some holes as a rookie. He was one of two rookies to score for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and actually 
one of three first-year Chiefs players to score in the Super Bowl. So Tyree Kill, eat your heart out. Uh, on the next Philadelphia drive, maybe a couple of those moments where they'd like to have back uh, two drops by wide receivers. Uh, these are the moments that kind of build. And after they were near perfect in the first half, except for that fumble, uh, you could see it wasn't quite that way to start the second half. Now, Dallas Goddard had an incredible juggling catch on a third and 14. And at that moment, I thought, man, Kansas City, you deserve to lose or at least lose this drive if you're going to give up a third and 14 after the Eagles had a delay of game. So Dallas Goddard, yeah, he leaps up between two defenders. The ball glances off his face mask. He has to catch it again and then still have the two feet inbound. So that was a play that was under review. Um, but the Eagles, as they were marching, another mistake, right? So you have the drops and on the same drive, two delay of game penalties for this this offense that seemingly was in quite the the groove in the first half. So maybe, and, and I don't know that this is the case, they faced a lot of challenges this season, but maybe you just got a couple of mistakes here and there because of the pressure of this stage and the lack of experience on this stage. Although, can I tell you that drive, 17 plays. The Jake Elliott field goal, 17th play of that drive. And at that point, the Eagles are up six. So we'll continue through until we get to the fourth quarter, and then we'll take our break. Uh, Kansas City is trailing by half dozen when the Chiefs get the ball again. But again, you can see that this is a different offense than what we saw in the first half. Uh, being able to spread the ball around, mix the run. So Isaiah Pacheco setting up the pass, and you had uh, their next drive actually carries into the fourth quarter. Juju's in the mix. Kadarius Toney is in the mix. And I was reminded... There's going to be a lot of Giants fans. It's like adding insult to injury. Not only are the Eagles in the Super Bowl, but Kadarius Toney is there too. They're going to throw a quick pass to Toney. He's got it on the edge. He will walk into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Kadarius Toney on a pick route to the near side. Couldn't be more wide open. A five-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes. And now Butker can give the Chiefs the first lead of the game. We saw the Chiefs break out that crazy ring around the rosy formation right before that. So they're in the red zone and they're dancing around ring around the rosy. But I tell you what, it, it gives pause to the defense because you've got to figure out where everybody's going. And then just the motion that Andy Reid incorporates, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, where Tony breaks in and then boom, breaks out to the right and the defense doesn't go with him. I mean, he, he literally could have walked in if that's what he wanted to do, though I wouldn't advise it in that situation. Once again, Mitch Holtis on Chiefs radio. And at that point, Kansas City had its first lead coming all the way back from that 10-point halftime deficit. Something else notable, it was the first time the Eagles had trailed at any point in these playoffs. We're talking two juggernauts, and the best was yet to come in the fourth quarter. So we'll take our quick break. Love to hear from you. Asking you to fill in the blank. Super Bowl 57 was what? And then your favorite commercials. A bunch of you are replying and, and reminding me of ones that I forgot. I know I'm a nerd. I take notes about commercials. You would think I would have all this down to a science. <laughs> the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and then reaction still ahead. Good morning to you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Steve Bosch will punt and sends it down the middle looking into the whites. It was retrieved at the 30-yard line by Kadarius Tony. He dances and breaks the tackle. Runs laterally on the 35. Blockers ahead the near side 40. Blocker at the 50 on the near sideline the 40. Getting a block at the 30 down the near sideline the 20. He gets another block at the 10. He spins to the 5. This kid's electric. All gas, no break. Down to the 5. Down to the 5. In the center of the field with McKinnon the running back. A fast left side, wide open, Sky Moore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route, and Kansas City has a chance now to get up by eight points on a four-yard touchdown pass. Mahomes to Sky Moore did not have a TD in the regular season. He's got one now. It's time to pull on the pads and hit somebody. On After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Kevin Harlan on Westwood One and Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio. Yeah, the Eagles saw their 10-point lead at halftime disappear pretty quickly in the first two drives of the second half for Kansas City. They sandwiched around a 17-play march by the Eagles, but they only came away with a field goal. So you really saw the tide turn there in the third quarter and then this drive that took us into the fourth quarter where all of a sudden the Chiefs had an eight-point lead. But Philadelphia was definitely not done. (laughs) And that's what made this such a roller coaster ride. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. By the way, before we get to the rest of the game, that punt return by Kadarius Toney that nearly went for a touchdown was the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. You heard the call with Kevin Harlan. Yeah, Kadarius Toney, who wasn't even with the Chiefs, to begin the season not only as a touchdown, but also makes history. It was a return just set up, and the punt that he gave was the one built for the return, and I just had to go out there and make a play. Oh, when I called the ball and looked down, I saw you said, tell me that was NFL Network. NFL Network with Kadarius Tony and his facial expressions on the sidelines too. So he didn't get in for the touchdown. But then moments later, when the rookie Sky Moore got into the end zone, the, his his expression and his teammates just loving him up on the sidelines. Pretty amazing the impact that first year Chiefs had on their season and on their Sunday night performance. So now moving forward, yes, the Eagles. They're not done. We know their game. They've been in these types of situations where it's back and forth a lot, though this was the first time that they'd ever found themselves trailing in this postseason. He is back. He is going deep. He's got Devontae Smith, and Devontae Smith is out of bounds at the one. Out of bounds at the one. They line up. They push. They sneak. And... They're in for the touchdown. No, let's say yes. They are. They are. They are in for the touchdown. Sanders off his left hip. He gets the ball. The one of himself. The five to the near side. Got a block. Spins. Dives. He got in. The two-point conversion. He touches the gold end zone. Gets it in and ties the game at 35. And you hear Merrill Reese on Eagles radio and uh, then – Kevin Harlan with the two-point conversion. So, yeah, that set us up. Five minutes to go, fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, and we're knotted up at 35. And Jalen Hurts with this third rushing touchdown, first quarterback in NFL history ever to have three rushing TDs in a Super Bowl, uh, plus the two-point conversion. He was game. Both quarterbacks were, and the way that they worked in – 
their various weapons, right? So better for the Eagles in the first half, but you had a lot of different plays, a lot of different looks. I really thought the chess match between the two coaching staffs, especially the offensive coaching staffs, was brilliant. So then we move forward in Kansas City, not known for being a bulk possession team, is wanting to to walk the fine line, right? You need to move downfield. You want to score, but you also want to leave as little time on the clock as you can. So the Chiefs move and they mix it. Just Isaiah Pacheco can't say enough about him and the way that he went right up the gut against the defense, uh, but also different receivers, And then you've got Patrick Mahomes reminding us once more why he is absolutely the most valuable player of the National Football League. Game tied, 35 apiece. Pacheco's the running back. Tony comes in motion. Here comes pressure to the outside. As Mahomes steps up, he's going to scramble. He's at the 40, bad ankle, 30, bad ankle, 20. Tackled from behind down to the Eagle, 18-yard line, a 25-yard scramble. What bad ankle. He is limping back to the huddle. Don't tell me, don't underestimate how tough Patrick Mahomes is. Kaiser White, the ex-charger, tackled him from behind. The Chiefs have first down and 10 at the Eagle 18-yard line with 2.23 to go in the game, and the game tied 35-35. A lot of soreness going through into halftime and was able to move it around and kind of get taped up a little bit and, and go out there in that second half and... Um, it didn't feel good, but I was going to leave it all out there, and uh, I, I'm glad it was enough for the win. Toughest son of a gun you ever you ever met, man. That Texas, that Texas gunslinger ain't going to let nothing get in the way. <laughs> Travis Kelsey with the assessment of his quarterback and Patrick Mahomes before that. Yeah, he was definitely in a lot of pain. You could see it, but when he had that open space, that clean air, as they say in NASCAR, did you see him tuck and actually kick it up a notch? He was running. He wasn't just shuffling or eluding defense. The man was actually running. I don't think that he's going to beat Tyreek Hill in a foot race anytime soon, uh, but he was, in fact, running for all he was worth. That's what it means to be tough, to be competitive to throw all of the pain to the wind, although I assume at that point he's jacked up on adrenaline too. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So they get to a third and eight. We've talked about this call already multiple times tonight. The 15-yard line, James Bradbury holds Juju Smith-Schuster, the jersey and the arm around the back, and if you're going to do it, then don't do it when you two are alone on an island on the left side and the official only has you to look at. Uh, With a minute 54 to go, The Chiefs end up getting the first down. Isaiah Pacheco runs. I guess he dropped. He didn't go out of bounds. Actually, really smart for a rookie. He was very well coached. You drop inbound, so the clock keeps running. The Chiefs were able to run most of the rest of the clock down to set up Harrison Butker. But I kept thinking, is he nervous? He's had a couple of minutes to think about this. He knows what's coming because they're not going to get into the end zone. It was his chance for redemption from the clang the doink in the first quarter the veteran who's played in more postseason games than any other chief tied with travis kelsey townsend will hold it 11 seconds left in super bowl 57 35 35 tie the kick is good and kansas city leads 38 35 with eight seconds to go in regulation in super bowl 57 never ever ever let it be said again that andy reed does not know how to manage the clock in the late stages. He did exactly what the Eagles would have done in that situation. And I and I know I was disappointed, too, to not have the Eagles get the ball back with more than eight seconds. But the way that the Chiefs managed those final five minutes, 
that's Super Bowl winning football. That was beautiful. They scored every possession in the second half. And by doing that, in winning a second Vince Lombardi trophy, they erase a second 10-point deficit in the second half. I mean, it's just, it's amazing the difference between the first and the second half. Uh, the, the Eagles didn't play poorly, but they did not capitalize on every opportunity, and that's what had to happen in the second half because the, the, the Chiefs kicked it up a notch. They're familiar. They're comfortable in these situations. They scored on every possession, and the margin for error just disappeared for the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, I get it. You don't love the call? Fine. James Bradbury says it was a hold. Uh, Patrick Mahomes could see it from behind the line before the flag was even thrown. It was blatant, and it was out there for all of the world to see. I'm just going to say it one more time. To ask an official to ignore a hold in that stage of the game is to ask him to exercise bias. The officials are not supposed to know, or they're not supposed to take into account who's got the ball, how many minutes are left in the game, what the score is. No, they're supposed to be making these calls in a vacuum. So you may not love it. I get it. But that's not why the Eagles lost the game. Come on. You've got to be smarter than that. I have trained you to be smarter than that. All right. We'll hear from the various players as the Chiefs and the Eagles do battle. I think we're winners, though. Come on. 35-35 with a couple minutes left in the Super Bowl is... Epic. Brilliant. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, Hertz will be in the gun. Chiefs have got the lead on the field goal. 36-yard line of Philly. Shotgun snap to Hertz. Dropping back. Only one person rushing. Hertz looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass. It lands at the 20. No one is there. Zeros on the clock. It's over. It's over. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57 on a game-winning field goal. Trailing at 10. At the halftime stop, 24-14, they go on to win 38-35. What a game. Spectacular in every way, and the red and gold confetti flying in the air. The Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. Listen, we were right there. I don't have to motivate these guys too much. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're very motivated. Uh, to do well, and we were down by 10 points, so it's not that it's not that much um, with the way our defense plays and shutting people down, and and the way our offense plays by scoring points. So it's just a matter of straightening out a couple things. And um, the guys always believe; they never don't believe. Um, they always think they're in the game. It was just everybody. It didn't come from one person. Everybody said we had to step our game up. Our defense played their ass off in that second half. Um, in our offense, we we found a way. Man, I just want to—I just want to thank everybody, man. Everybody on this team, man. We battled. Oh, sorry for my language. Oh! Man, right here. Man, right here. I know you're emotional. Let us, man. One of y'all said the Chiefs were gonna take it home this year. Not a single one. Feel that? Feel it? And on top of that, next time the Chiefs say something, put some respect on our name. <laughs> this is my After God. Hours with Amy Lawrence. Did Aaron Andrews really need to say anything? You should have just. 
well, I'm sorry. She's the she's the expert silent reporter. I'm not going to tell her what she should have done, but she could have just laid out and stuck the microphone in there. And Travis Kelsey was going to go off on a tangent. I'm just so happy we didn't hear Jabroni again. That's Pat and Travis, one of the best married couples in sports. Those two can finish each other's sentences. They they can predict one another's movements. They have nonverbal communication, and they very often go off script. And it's amazing, especially when most of the Chiefs receiving core was new this season. Plus, you had a rookie running back and a secondary that was full of a bunch of first-year players. It was up to the veterans. It was up to the coaching staff to keep them steady, to keep them stable. As you hear the final call there with Kevin Harlan on Westwood One and then the Pat and Travis exchange with Aaron Andrews on Fox uh, makes me think of what we heard from Chris Jones, a member of that defensive line uh, on NFL Network following this game. And, And I was stunned to hear this. He was asked about the emotions of... As Patrick Mahomes, so the defense is on the sideline. Patrick Mahomes in the offense. They've got the ball for the final five minutes. And he's asked about the emotions there on the sidelines for the defense. Relaxing. Um, Relaxing. I know Pat is going to do it. Um, I know Andy Reid's going to dial some good stuff up, him and EB. And, um, you know, I know Kelsey is going to make it happen. Win, lose, or draw, I knew we wasn't getting on the field again to probably 10 seconds left in the game. <laughs> That's amazing. So Chris Jones tells NFL Network he's on the sidelines relaxing. Come on. Relaxing. There can't, well, it was Frank Clark that went ballistic on his sidelines uh, and just yelling at every teammate who came within 10 yards of him. Uh, I think that was in the third quarter. So they were fired up. But apparently uh, Chris Jones was convinced that they were in good hands uh, because they've seen Pat and the offense and, of course, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy do it so many times before. Uh, also, Chris Jones, NFL Network, on the second-half adjustments that really flipped the script, right? So they get overwhelmed. The defense makes a bunch of mistakes in the first half. They pick up some, some – well, they allow the Eagles to continue their drives. They extend drives based on some bad penalties, uh, and they just get nearly run off the field, giving up 24 points. And it could have been worse if not for the Nick Bolton fumble return for a touchdown. But in the second half, it was the Chiefs' defense that was solid. And the Chiefs' defense that was, I would say, stepping up its game. I think we made a few adjustments on the back end and most importantly on the front end. Um, the first third down, we had an offside, Frank Clark, which resulted in a touchdown. Then we got in the red zone, fourth down, fourth and four. We had um, another D-lineman jump outside, which alluded to another touchdown. So we stopped shooting ourselves in the feet. Um, we, we, we honed in on a quarterback draw. So this wasn't a game of sacks. This was a game of uh, collapse in the pocket. We collapsed the pocket, forced him to throw from the pocket, and we was able to succeed with that. Kind of funny that top two sack teams in the NFL this year combined for two sacks. <laughs> One of them was a coverage sack. They both came uh, in the late stages of the game, but neither quarterback got hit real hard other than when they were out and they were on the move. But yeah, the Chiefs managed two sacks of Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes was not sacked at all. And to me, that's one of the understated or maybe underappreciated storylines or I would say units of this particular Super Bowl is the Chiefs offensive line. Going into this game, it it appeared as though the Eagles had a, a significant advantage on the line. But in that second half, the Eagles 
D-line really wasn't able to get penetration. And you know what was happening? The O-line was not only giving Patrick Mahomes time, but was also clearing space. The Chiefs outran the Eagles, 158 yards, so I think it was 115, though Jalen Hurts had the three rushing touchdowns. Also, I have to tell you something that's really funny. There is a woman who has been blowing up my Facebook page over the course of the show. She's clearly angry uh, about the Eagles losing. And in order to support her theory that the game was fixed because the NFL wants Patrick Mahomes to win, she said this. The field conditions were torn up to help Kansas City. The Eagles couldn't run on that. (laughs) (laughs) So the Eagles couldn't run on it, but the Chiefs could? I don't get it. Actually, Jason Kelsey was talking about this after the game, the slippery field. And I'll raise my hand and say I didn't sign up to watch football on skates. I was a little bit nervous. There was a lot of slip sliding away. I mean, both teams have to play on it. Um, I I don't think it ended up being an advantage either way. I think both teams probably had their fair share of slips and whatnot. Um, You know, I thought it was fine. Jason not in the mood to be blaming anything for the loss. And he's right. They both had to play on it. So I'm sorry to the woman who's really upset about it. And it believes that the the field was rigged in favor of the Chiefs. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Right after Travis blows up Patrick's interview on Fox, he turns around and his brother is right there. So he and his brother have their moment. Honestly, what got me, and if you haven't seen it, I'll retweet it, A-Law Radio, is that Jason Kelsey had a really emotional hug with his mom because nothing is better than a hug with your mom. And it looks like he may have... He may have been crying or just may have been emotional. Uh, No words necessary. It's just, it's mom who was decked out half Eagles gear, half Chiefs gear. And yes, Jason has to give his little brother credit. Really, really happy for Trav. You know, played his ass off. Um, That team deserves everything they had coming to him. They've earned it. Got a lot of respect for everybody in that organization. Um, There's a lot of people in that organization that gave me my start in this league including the head coach, Andy Reid. So, obviously, would have liked to win, but, you know, happy for Trav, for sure. going to be an awkward podcast. But. You joke around all the time and say that you want to be your brother in the biggest stage ever, but it's um, it's, a, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling. And that team, that, uh, that team had, had great leadership, great coaches. Obviously, at the, it came down to the end, and uh, we got all the respect in the world for those Eagles, man. But um, there's nothing really I could say to them other than I love them and uh, – and he, and he played a hell of a year, a hell of a season. I can't wait for that podcast. I'm going to listen to all, it's probably going to be three hours. Uh, I want to leave you with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. This is the relationship that keeps Andy excited, revitalized. He said he felt like when Patrick got to the Chiefs that it just gave him a new lease on coaching. And now he's a two-time Super Bowl winner as a head coach. Both he and Pat raving about each other after the game. He grew up in a locker room. He's seen the greats. And he strives to be the greatest. I mean, without saying anything, that's the way he works. I mean, he wants to be the greatest player ever. That's, that's what he wants to do. And that's the way he goes about his business. And he does it humbly. You know, I mean, there's no bragging. Uh, he could stand up here and give you the, the, these stats that are incredible that he's had. But he never, he's never going to do that. That's just not him. And so uh, we, appreciate, we appreciate that. And then when it's time for the guys around to ra- raise their game, he helps them with that. He, he's one of these great, the great quarterbacks make everybody around him better, including the head coach. So he's, he's done a heck of a job.
he's the, the best coach I've ever had about how he connects with players from everywhere. And I think you heard Frank Clark talk about it, is no matter where you're from, he can connect with you, and he, he, you can tell he cares about you um, as a man as much as he does about a player. And so if there's something that's going on in your life, he's going to ask you about it. He's not going to worry about how you're practicing or, or hey, he needs you to be better here and here. He's going to ask you what's going on. Um, he's going to get that info from you, and he's going he's to do whatever he can to help. Um, and I think that's been the biggest thing. That's why every player that leaves Coach Reed talks so highly of him because it's yes. not about – I mean, obviously he wants to win football games and, is, and, and be great, but he, he cares about the, the men that step in that locker room and how he can he make them better whenever they leave it. Not to mention he wants to give them credit. Multiple times following this game, Andy Reed went out of his way to highlight the contributions of Eric Bieniemy, his offensive coordinator, who is also very emotional. And he even said he was phenomenal. Uh, love seeing DeMar Hamlin and the medical teams back on the field again in Glendale. Uh, certainly love the Chris Stapleton National Anthem. Uh, the cat playing the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure this was the first Super Bowl halftime show pregnancy reveal in NFL history. Talk soon. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. Boom!